episode of The Greatest Stories Never Told is brought to you by the Usher Cup, a three-day board riders comp held this weekend at Snapper Rocks. Kidding me? Nothing screams Australian surfing pride like board riders club-offs. And I think some of the most heinous and despicable acts of depravity ever have gone down at events just like this one, as has some of the most remarkable high-performance clutch shreddery ever seen. Best thing about the Asher Cup being on this weekend is it's copping a full-blown live stream with none other than your good pals, Smivy and Deadly, Hi. Bugs and Dean unroll the red lippy because I've got a little dingo horn Morrison all on the mic. The Asher Cup kicks off uh, this Friday, the 28th, and uh, climaxes on Sunday the 30th. 73400 bucks up for grabs. And can you imagine how many cuts of piss that buys for the bus ride home? I think Angari won it last year. And rumour has it, Jeremy Walder's roof surf from Twin Towns back to the Pacific Hotel with nothing but two prawns taped to his old fella. Magic times in the spirit of Will Weber. Oh, club surfing is alive and strong in Australia. If you're jonesing for a pro surfing hit before the pipe kickoff, log on to ashercarp.com this Friday, Saturday and Sunday for the big event. Fantasies, pulsing swells, them who knows them, seldom tells. On distant reefs, on fatal shores, heroes and heroines from days of yore. They live on the fringes, pack mondo cones, orbs of mortal conequence, pulverizing bones, adventures and nightmares for young and old. These are the greatest stories never Welcome to The Greatest Stories Never Told, relatively new Ain't That Swell program dedicated to the thousands of stories myself and your boy Smivy have got lying dormant in dust-covered piles of surf mags, lying under your parents' back veranda or maybe in the boot of your mum's Datsun 180B or out back in the old asbestos laundry dunny combo in a basket with dad's old vintage trading post tide charts and full trot flats comics. Uh, in today's episode, we venture back to 2011 and Surfing World Edition 316. What a classic-ish. I think I was about three years into my tenure as editor of Australia's longest-running surf mag by this stage, and uh, this was actually our second edition dedicated to putting pro surfers in the shaping bay to see how their years of riding surfboards better than anyone in the world would translate into their knowledge of how to actually shape one. Uh, it's a stupid concept and a kick in the nuts to those shapers who slave away crafting at foam for fuck all pay and even less reco to see Joel Parkinson, Chipper Wilson, Laura Enova and Matt Hoy suck up 50 odd pages of surf mags by butchering the fuck out of surf blanks and Bennett's foam's finest with scarcely a clue as to what they were doing. I remember when I floated the uh, idea of this magazine to Kidman, he was borderline disgusted he said to me uh, why would you celebrate cunts who have no idea when you've got people who actually know what they're doing and who would be stoked to get a nod in a mag like surfing world and I, I think my reply was because uh, it's funny um, and the surfers will make anything work Kidman 
snorted at this and told me that uh, it's kind of serious and treating shaping as anything less is disrespecting the time and energy that the greats had put into it, which is hard to argue with that. Ironically, though, the whole idea was spawned, stolen, if you will, from an old Waves mag in the 90s that Kidman had edited and concepted when he got a young Kelly Slater, uh, Barton Lynch and Shane Herring to shape their own boards and then have a little comp on them at Whale Beach. Yeah, Slater won, of course. I think he got a case of beer from memory, VB. And I think he just passed it straight on to Herring. The beginning and the end huh? hey. was the goat mind onto it back then. You do the math. Anyway, stupid as these issues were uh, and as bad as the surfboards that came from them, uh, were as well. Well, they were pretty entertaining. Uh, the cover of this particular edition featured Joel Parkinson in a somewhat Nostradamus-like preemptive COVID pose, face mask on and planing uh, the rail off a board that he was making in Kidman's Yukai Shaping Factory slash bay slash backshed. Uh, and it's a sick shot. And actually, Parco's spread was awesome and the story that Kidman wrote with it. Equally enlightening but I'll whack some up on the gram for you to check out but today's story is not about Parco instead it features the trials and tribulations of the ink covered Novocastrian hack machine and former world number four Matthew Hoy as he endeavours to shape what was at this point his 21st surfboard in the newly minted Pacific Dream surfboard factory stick around at the end for a chat with Hoy and he's Success with the planer in the years since. And uh, if you visit at the Swellian on Instagram, we'll drop a few of Rod Owen's photographs from the day. And as you'll see, the big pin, the big, the bin pig, as Hoyo called it, under hoof. Tell you what, it goes all right. It's not a half bad board. Please enjoy the greatest surf stories never told. Matt Hoy eats a pie and shapes a surfboard. Matt Hoy is laughing. Over in a corner, Peter McCabe chuckles and sips on his Melbourne bitter. Both men are covered head to toe in foam dust. They look like little humid Christmas trees or muffin people sprinkled with icing sugar. This is the result of an afternoon's toil in McCabe's shaping bay. In the middle of the room... Seemingly hovering in mid-air is the surfboard they've just finished crafting. It's short, wide, and incredibly flat. There's an ancient belief that a surfboard already exists within the raw material from which it is carved. Pete walks over and slides his hand along the rail. It's the best work I've never done, he says. At this, Hoy loses it, and the pattern of the afternoon, of every Friday afternoon in this factory continues its steady course. After two decades operating from the back of a surf shop in Derby Street, Newcastle, the manufacturing arm of Roy Lee's Pacific Dream Surfboards recently located at Wickham's Industrial Back Blocks. It's a big space and one that is still being settled into. In one corner sits Dool's glassing room, lit up all white and bright like a 7-Eleven. In another are the skeletal frameworks of ongoing renovations. Upstairs, Row upon row of raw blanks of weight selection. Shaping and sanding bays hug the walls downstairs to the left. Roy's V8 ute blocks the driveway. Across the street, 
there's a business that cuts aluminium. And up the road is the local pub, where the walls are still covered in tiles, put there in the 70s for the five o'clock swill. The publican assures his patrons that the pies are 100% homemade. The sound of trains shipping natural resources is frequent enough not to be a disturbance here. And it seems fitting that building surfboards sits alongside the other blue-collar trades for which Newcastle is famous. This is working-class turf, and the men who make surfboards certainly don't see themselves as doing anything extraordinary. The guys on the Gold Coast might walk around like rock stars, says one bloke. But around these parts, everyone's looking forward to an afternoon smoko and a beer with mates at knockoff. Today is Matt Hoy's 21st, his 21st surfboard. For the sake of this story, we tried to get him to shape it earlier in the week, but Hoy would have none of it. I only work on Fridays, he says, because everyone knocks off at midday. Hoy took up shaping at the grand age of 40, after his old man, Brian Hoy, a legendary surfer shaper famous for his channel bottom designs, decided to give the career side of shaping the fleet. I just thought, well, we have the logo, he's giving it away, I may as well keep the name going explained Matthew. So I come in on Fridays and I get stuck into it. It's a typical fantasy of fathers that their sons might one day follow in their footsteps. But with Brian, this was not necessarily the case when Matt picked up the planer. And Dad came in to watch me shape one of my earlier boards. He stood there for 10 minutes, then he just turned around and said, I've got to get out of here. Yeah, he had a few bits of advice for me early, but you don't like listening to your folks at the best of times. What would it change when you're shaping a surfboard? In the floor plan of the factory, Hoyo's base is closest to the glassing room, where veteran glasser Dools applies his trade. Dools has been sealing surfboard blanks since 1975. From Torquay to the Gold Coast and back again, he's run the squeegee over the designs of many of our greats, and a few of our not-so-greats as well. He's learned a thing or two glassing boards. He'll tell you you've got more chance of dying from the fumes off a deep fryer full of fish and chips than you will from those in a glassing room. He'll tell you that anyone who says the boards were better in the old days is full of shit. And he'll tell you that it's the sander who truly brings your surfboard to life. He's a character, one of the many who inhabit these premises. But even he marvels at the bloke toiling away in the next room. Oh yeah, you'll hear Matt in there all day long. Fuck! 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 All this swearing. And then finally, you'll hear this, Help! Someone will go in and find out all the mistakes, and then he goes right back at it. He shapes like he surfs, full speed with plenty of hacks. You feel like grabbing him by the shoulders and saying, slow down, but you'd just be wasting your breath. On the other side of Hoy's Bay, another planer is winding away to a backing soundtrack of hits from the 1950s, courtesy of a cheap cackling boombox. It's the only thing more covered in dust than the shaper himself. This is the workplace of Peter McCabe, the respected surfing and shaping Newey legend who pioneered the riding of many of Indo's best waves, including Padang Padang and G-Land. Pete is shortish and stockyish, with a friendly face, sharp wit, and classic laconic delivery. Ask Pete how many boards he shapes a week, and the reply comes back as dry as the floor he's standing on. Fuck all. Dools reckons Pete actually gets through six a week of the surf shit. The offshore blows him out and the onshore blows him back in. You know he's in there when you hear the radio come on. He never changes that radio station either. I come in here once and sprung him singing songs from the Mary Poppins soundtrack. 
chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, cherry. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Hoyo thinks of Pete, or McCube as he calls him, as a perfect mentor, if not a little cryptic in his guidance. He's always telling me, do the bottom, do the deck, and the rails take care of themselves. But what the fuck is that supposed to mean? The two share an obvious and easygoing bond, and their banter is relentless. Yeah, it's funny shaping with Matt because Brian shaped my boards in my early days. I held Matt two days out of the hospital. Now he comes in and we kind of go over things together. As Pete says this, he spots one of Hoyo's most recent boards propped up against a wall. He picks it up and looks it over. Yeah, I remember when he shaped this, he chuckles. I remember thinking, well, that's as ugly as fuck. Today, Pete is sitting in on Hoyo's 21st on account of their having to shape the board complete from a raw blank. Still, the heart and soul of the factory is away, and no one's game enough to touch the shaping machine in his absence. It's a masterclass, but nobody's hungry, says Pete. Everybody's full, adds Hoy. They begin the process of marking the outline from a template that Peter calls a Jurasso, his name for the classic shapes that have experienced a popular renaissance in recent years. On the back wall sit three finished McCabe Jurassos ready for glassing, and they are magnificent, particularly the pintail with the six flyers. Duels the glasser bends over for a closer look. Not very fucking magnificent for me, he says. The shaping begins. Peter's knowledge and technique with his tools is a beautiful thing to watch. His effortless, graceful sweeps bring out the surfboard within the blank. After a while, he hands the planet to Hoy, who instantly goes to work, attacking the foam in the middle. His movements are raw and dangerous. When it comes to shaping, he's a man without limits. Yeah, that's my biggest problem, he admits. Knowing when to stop. Sometimes I want to keep going, but that's exactly how you fuck it. I went too far with a board I was making for Steph Gilmore once. I took a step back, realised I'd gone too far, and just karate chopped the thing into a thousand pieces. It was shit house. Hoy gets back to work, eliminating any hint of roll deck or bottom curve. There's almost zero rocker. He's chosen to make a 510 with a sawn-off tail a design popularised by Dane Reynolds' dumpster diver. Hoy calls this his bin pig, and of the 21 boards he's made, he says 17 have been of the garbage swine variety. The power tools are soon replaced with the traditional surf plane as Hoy starts refining the deck, bottom and rails. Take a bit off the top, says Pete. I'm not taking anything off the top, says Hoy. Take the bottom off a bit, says Pete. I'm not taking the bottom off, says Hoy. Fix the nose, says Pete. The nose is fine, says Hoy. Take the rail down, says Pete. I'm not taking anything down, says Hoy. As far as the mentor-student dynamic is concerned, this isn't quite the stuff of Master Poe and his beloved grasshopper from the Kung Fu series. And yet, you can feel the respect and admiration Hoy has for Pete, even as he completely ignores him. Hoy picks up the board and feels it under his arm. He puts it back and begins to work the rails. From the middle out, Matthew, Pete advises. Everything from the middle out. Sam Egan taught me that. Hear that? From the middle out. You learn something new every day, says Hoy. Yeah, but you know who the most fanatical about from the middle out is? Your old man, says Pete. Yeah, but I don't listen to him, says Hoy. Finally, the board is finished. Hoy weighs it under his arm and looks at it from every conceivable angle. Fuck, she's thick, says Hoy. Yeah, says Pete, rolling his fingers over his belly. Thick's in. Hoy roars with laughter. Pete joins in. The rest of the afternoon is spent painting Hoyo's blank and drinking beer. There's talk of going to the Prince for a few more. 
There's talk of going to the zoo to watch the footy. There's talk of the coming weekend and what the swell might be doing. There's very little talk of surfboards. The general feeling in the factory is that this has been another good, solid day of work. Is there any other kind in Newcastle? Not bloody likely. All right, so we're going back in time here, Hoy, to 2011, mate. It's already been over 10 years since we uh, we got together to shape that board. Fucking hell. <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago. It does, eh? It's so mad. Yeah, I can't even really remember it. <laughs> <laughs> mate, before we get into the board that you shaped, I want to ask you, like, what was it like being a kid growing up with the pedigree of, of shapers in your hometown? Because you had, like, you know, your dad, obviously, but then Sam Egan, then you had uh, MR, obviously, Pete McCabe. I mean, were you interested in surfboards at all when you were a Grom? Were they something that you were into, or was it uh, more a case of just, like, you just grabbed them and, and went surfing? Yeah, I, I just more grabbed them and went surfing, pretty much. Until, like, until I got a bit older, I didn't really get into it at all. Dad was doing it, so I didn't have to. It was that sort of mindset I had that, you know, Dad shows my boards. I don't need to do anything else about it. He knows what I, I need and want, so I didn't really get that into it at all, really. I knew what I wanted, but I just, yeah, didn't know. I had no clue about what went into it. Did you know that the, the, the shapers that you were growing up with, would, were they already sort of like had that reputation of being master craftsmen even when you were a grom? Oh, for sure. My old man's a master craftsman. He's like never made, you know, he didn't, he didn't make surfboards for his own for his own living. He he just he's a he's a bridge carpenter and a shipwright. So mate, he he's a he's a. I knew from a long way away, a long time ago, that he was he was a master craftsman. He's a perfectionist, and I knew pretty much everyone around him was as well. When did you sort of start to take notice of the boards that had to be good for you? You know, when you had to, when you when you started getting really good and you won the pro junior and you started sort of uh, taking off around the world on surf trips. Did you find that your interest in boards was starting to really elevate around then? Well, I, th- I think it started before that. When I went up on a – actually, it was a surfing world trip, and I was with all the Billabong crew, and I rode one of um, Gordon Merchant's Dalberg six channels, and uh, that was it. I had to go on that with Dad, and then it, my Dad actually rung, rode Dalberg up and said to him, Mate, where do you put your channels? Where do you put your fins? And told him all the details, which no one ever does, which is the coolest thing anyone's ever done. Like for a surfboard shapers, never tell you that stuff. And there, that that was the start of my interest in you know about what the boards were doing. I've written channel boards ever since. Mm. That's nothing to do with the story, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first real interest in going. All right, I don't have to ride a round tail. Or square tail, flat bottom, you know what I mean? Mm. There's actually all these other designs that you can ride that actually go really good. What was your magic board on tour? Because, like, uh, when I think about – you're one of those rare guys who, if you say, oh, do you remember Matt Hoy's surfboard, instantly comes to mind. You just think Maltese cross, blackboard, white cross. What was what was that board actually, the dimensions of it and, you know, the outline? Uh, all six channel, all six channel swallowtails. They were, they got, they were, they were nineteen. I just had a look at one yesterday. Actually, there was nineteen and a quarter, six three, nine and a quarter, two and a half. But that one was a bit narrower. I think we went. It was six three, nineteen, two and a quarter. But then they got real narrow when the Kelly Slater fucking 
banana boards and all that bullshit came in and fucked everyone surfing. Besides theirs, that um, yeah, they got. I got down to eighteen, maybe eighteen and a half. Some of them mm. time, but they sort of they didn't go. They weren't as good as the, the wider ones. I know going back to wider when I when I got a bit when we got over that era. Mm. And then um, what about Bells, mate? Because, uh, you know, the, the famous Bells win, 97. Was, had you been through your uh, momentum slipper little phase by then? Well, that was sort of the – that was it. That was the same sort of – that was the same sort of boards were still riding then. They were pretty curvy, but they were thin. And 18, it was 6'3", 18, 3 quarters, 2 and a quarter, same. Mm. They were, they were they're tiny, though. I, I can't even paddle them now. I put it under my arm and just go, how the fuck did I ride this? <laughs> well, that ties in well with the uh, the board you shaped for this uh, surfing world story. <laughs> That's nothing like the ones I, the ones I was riding. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, it, it, I don't know if you recall, it was your 21st go at, at shaping a surfboard and um, you had some amazing philosophies back then. It was like you get what you get on a Friday. You get what you give it, yeah. Yeah, on a Friday, uh, only working from... From mid, what was it? From the morning till midday on Fridays, because everyone knocks off to start sucking piss by lunchtime. <laughs> it sounds like glory days for you to uh, start your shaping career in. <laughs> glory days of my shaping career didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've only done twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, what do you remember of that board? Because you said the other day that you've uh, you've still got it. Yeah, I've got it somewhere. I know it's upstairs somewhere for sure. I've, um, I remember, remember I was, I was doing. I, I did a few boards because Reynolds had his his um, dumpster diver out. So I was like, all right, let's have a go at this. We called it. So I actually shaped a six six one and then just cut the tail off and made it a five ten. Mm. So I just cut it straight off. So it didn't go. It didn't measure it. Just shaped a six one. Might have been a six even longer. And I just cut whatever it was that I measured from the nose to the tail and just made it 5'10", just cut it off and called it the bin pig because I thought, you know, dumpster diver, bin pig, same sort of fucking wank that it was going on. You had to name every board too. <laughs> Mate, the, the photos tell the story though. The thing actually hammers. It looks like you're just having a hell session on it. Oh, man, it went unbelievable. I was blown away how well it went. That was like I had I I'd shaped a couple before that one, but and did the same sort of thing, just cut the tail off. And I had one really good one, but then that one I was I was I, I haven't ridden it since. I only rode it for that one surf, and that's it hasn't been ridden again because I didn't want to wreck the, the image of it because it went so good. I was blown <laughs> away how good it went. Actually, there's one t- photo of it. It's fucked up. Oh, big time! Yeah, it's a. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. It's totally amazing. Hey, mate. Yeah, um, I, was, so, I was blown away too. Don't worry. How many boards have you shaped now? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I stopped numbering them. I, I was numbering them all and then I just I, I said, someone said to me, oh, that's a fucking wank. So I stopped doing it. And I haven't, I haven't shaped that many since. So. Oh, well, I have, but not since then. But in the last couple of years, I haven't shaped that many. you got to have customers to shape surfboards. And I've got no customers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this might be an ad, mate. You might be back in business after this. Um, what? A- <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, man, what about, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, getting in there. Um, you know, we, we touch on it briefly, sort of the camaraderie that you had with the crew, particularly in that um, Pacific Dreams factory when that first moved and you had McCabe in there next door to you. And then on the other side, you had Duels who, who passed away last year. Give us a, a bit of an insight into that bloke because he just seemed like such a legend, man. Oh, he's such a legend of a bloke. He's been in the business. Best glass in the world, if you ask me. He did did everything, could do everything, not just, you know, some people can't even glass. Like, could just do clear, clear, like, flat bottoms. That's that's all they could do. He could do everything. So, you know, tints, whatever, whatever. You name it in glassing, Zools could do it. And he, he was the best glasser that I that I'd seen and or dealt with. That he just made them as light as they could and as strong as they could. And he was just an awesome bloke, mate. Good to be around. He'd been in the business since he was fifteen, I think. And he yeah, he died when he was sixty. So it's a good run and mad pisshead. Good storyteller. Lived up. He's from um, um, uh, Palm Beach on 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 the Goldie. So mm. you know how loose Palm Beach used to be. <laughs> and uh. Well, yeah. it's not now. It used to be. It's all Yuffieville now. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so he's, he, he had a good life, mate. He, yeah, he died too early. I know that. But, he, mate, I think he was ready. I don't know. Not ready, but he was content. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. He what? had a great fucking go. One of his great lines in that story is that it's the sander who brings your, your board to life. I just thought that was, you know such a cool insight from someone who just run the squeege over so many different shapes in his life. Yeah, because it was Steel, the, the owner of the company, that was the sand of the fuck with. <laughs> he didn't want to get himself in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you know, you don't want to fuck up the glassing and then give it to the sand, maybe, because they're the ones that blow up for the glasser. <laughs> oh, that is incredible. <laughs> Oh, here! He, oh, that is that's classic duels right there, man. That is unbelievable. Fucking all time duels. That's seen to a T. <laughs> so, and mate, um, give us. Uh, I, I heard uh, on a, an episode that's of Smivy and Rabbit chatting the uh, the cosmic apricot sessions after Smivy had dumped some acid at the single fin and, and spent the whole day sitting next to Rabbit. Yeah, he offered me some. I, I had some the day before, and I was like, I can't go again today, Smithy. <laughs> <laughs> The apricots still. I was like, how are you going to know what you have in there, mate? He's like, oh, I'll be right. It'll be, it'll be good. Nah, yeah, best of luck. I'm like having a hell time on the, on the podcast. Oh, they were telling some great yarns. But, um, you know, when um, Smivy brought up McCabe, uh, Rabbit said, uh, he said, beautiful man, a beautiful man, which is just such a cool compliment. You don't hear people say beautiful man all that often. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> Pretty mm. much. He is. The McCube, he's, he's a one-of-a-kind, that's for sure. So that might make him a beautiful man because he's a one-of-a-kind. Well, he's original. What do you make of his boards, mate? How, how do you rate them? In a, you know, you've ridden boards from everyone. Like, where does he sit in the sort of pantheon of greats for you? Oh, mate, he's really good. McCube, he's, he's um, I've had some amazing boards from him. I've won a comp on his board in Brazil at QS, and then I had some epic boards for Pipe and Hawaii off him. Uh, yeah, I've had some great boards off, and he, yeah, he's he's grown like like uh, he used to come to Blueys when he was a kid with my old man. So he's had a little bit of influence off my dad and that uh, Sam, of course, Sam Egan. So, oh mate, he's a he's a he's a freak of a shaper and he's a freak of a human, a beautiful man. It's pretty much yeah, you don't know how to take that one. <laughs> 
And, mate, just just finally, Hoy, um, what are you riding these days? Because uh, I know you've been on the SLDs for a while. Is uh, is still still shaping the majority of your boards? Yeah, mate. He's shaping all of them. Because, like I said, you need cuss. I haven't shaped myself one for a while. I'm keen to shape myself one, though. But, mm. yeah, I've been riding at six. Uh, he's, been, he's got the pretty much that 91 model on lockdown. That's what I've been riding the last, like, two years. It's sick. It's like a... You know, new version of that board. Fuck it, they're unbelievable, mate. I've had probably the best surfs. Is the best board steel has shaped me is this the ninety one model that I've been riding the mm. last couple of years. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I Ooh. can't get off it. I just get back on a like a like a you know a, a, what do you call it? normal shape two thousand and twenty one board twenty two now, and it just they don't feel the same. These ones like. Hang in better or something. The, 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 the bottom curve isn't that much different. It's just the deck rocker mm. is different. That's all. Is in a bit chunkier and flatter decks, but mate, I can't get off them. Yeah, Steel's put me in the cone zone a few times, mate, but not because of uh, boards he shaped me. They're just the boards of yours that I've picked up, taken out, got pitted, and then snapped. Usually, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. And snapped. <laughs> <laughs> You're notorious for it. How many of your boards do you reckon I've snapped over the years? <laughs> I reckon I've dead set snapped at least six to eight of your boards over the years. Fuck, I reckon you're right. Yeah. So you do owe heaps of money. Oh, dear. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'll invest in... Uh, is Steel in the um, the Steel City program with you, Blakes? Uh, nah, he's not in it. He drinks heaps of it, though, so he sort of is. He's our best customer. Mate, uh, far out, Hoy. Well, look, great to talk surfboards with you, mate. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's sweet, Blake. It's good, it's good, mate. I've had some, you know, really good people to learn off and get some inspiration off, and I'm still fucking hopeless at it. Mm. <laughs> well, you might be hopeless at it. You're good at eating pies, though, mate. That's That was the full-page opener, just a shot of you scoffing a big fucking homemade beef meat sock. Oh, yeah, fuck pie, pie sandwiches, Blake. They're the best. Fantasies, pulsing swells, them who knows them, seldom tells. On distant reefs, on fatal shores, heroes and heroines from days of yore. They live on the fringes, pack mondo cones, orbs of mortal conequence, pulverizing bones, adventures and nightmares for young and old. These are the greatest stories never 